0: Coming up, support comes from River Reporter newspaper, Narrowsburg, New York, riverreporter.com. Also from Wayne Memorial Hospital, Certified Primary Stroke Center, and a Level 4 Trauma Center. Wayne Memorial also opened Cardiac Cath Lab in 2016, celebrates its centennial this year, wmh.org. Don't forget, after Trailer Talk, we've got just one hour of the Retro Cocktail Hour tonight. It's living up to its name tonight. One hour of Retro Cocktail at 8, and then at 9, we go to live NPR coverage of the vice presidential debate until at least 11 tonight. But everything subject to change in 2020. Time for Trailer Talk.
1: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people, whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. So I'm very excited that my friends Lois Weaver and Peggy Shaw are joining me for this virtual trailer talk. We're going to imagine we're at the kitchen table and uh, have this conversation about what you have been doing during this pandemic. And let's start at the beginning and bring us right up to this moment in Sullivan County, New York. So please introduce yourselves.
2: I'm Peggy Shaw, and this is Lois Weaver. I'm Lois Weaver. And we are here with our friend Sabrina, <laughs> and we're, we're very excited to talk about...
3: Let's actual... talk about
2: who you are, though. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who are you, Peggy Shaw? Who are you? Um, I don't know. Uh, I used to be a performer. You're the... still a performer. I used to be a dancer before never, my operation. You were
4: never a dancer. <laughs>
2: no. I be a performer and now um, I survive day by day according to whatever is going on. And we were, in, me and Lois. And I
4: am Lois and I am also a performer. And together over the last 40 years, we've been in um, a company called Split Bridges, which is an independent performance company. We've made our own work, performed our own work around all kinds of issues that uh, look at those issues primarily through the lens of what it means to be a feminist and what it means to be a lesbian and, and also what it means to be working class. And old. And now old. We were always <laughs> old. But, no. No, we're always, <laughs> always old. Uh, we're also educators, uh, teachers, and, uh, and activists. Peggy's a painter. You know, we, we do what we have to do to say the things we want to say about how we want the world to be.
2: So there we were in London, we had gigs. We had a new show opening at La Mama in April, that same show opening at the Barbican in London. And when the pandemic hit, I was in London rehearsing with Lois for our opening in New York, and everything was canceled, of course, as it should have been. La Mama was canceled and the Barbican was canceled. So we found ourselves
4: in London, me with nowhere to stay, and Lois? Well, you had a place to stay, but we, we could feel the, the lockdown was imminent. And I was in one neighborhood and Peggy was in another neighborhood. And we realized she was either going to have to come back to New York or we were going to have to get her closer to me so that we could manage this together. We could look after each other. So uh, we felt like New York and the tri- trip to New York was too risky at that point. So we decided that Peggy should stay in London. And we started looking for a place for her to be. ...near me, because I was in a situation where I didn't have room for her.
2: Right. So the woman that Lois was living with uh, heard us talking about this and said, I'm going to go do something. So she went and us a... Actually, it was the woman next door who said they just bought a house in the same neighborhood around the corner, and they weren't going to renovate it for a while, so we could have it. and he, And she had the keys. So... Being people who uh, live by the moment, we accepted this as, oh, I guess I'm going to stay in London and finish the show, which was very hard not to finish, even though we didn't have gigs.
4: So we moved into this amazing three-story Victorian house that was completely empty and hadn't been changed. Uh, The woman who had lived there before and died there uh, had lived there for 50 years. So it it was still in that state and completely empty so we opened up our storage and brought out all of our sets and tables and rocking chairs and made a home with the help of lots of other people as well and made a home there uh for the next four months well we decided since we hadn't finished the show
2: and since we were in this empty house for a long time they said that we had no limit as to how long we could stay there, that we would, and everyone was using Zoom, we didn't know all that much about Zoom, that we would make a Zoom video of the show and use only what we had, which was Zoom, which was tables and chairs, and which was, we didn't have costumes, we didn't have.
4: We actually just, first of all, decided to try to keep working on it, show because it wasn't quite finished and we thought oh my god you know it might be months might be years before we get back to it we don't want to lose it anyway so we started working on it um and as we began to work on it we realized that creating something for the zoom frame was like creating something for the stage and it became a really good process for working on the show but then it generated something quite great that we would like to show people which we will do uh, we're going to do that in November. So, we actually made this other thing out of this locked down process of wanting to continue working on the thing that would have been had it not been for the pandemic.
2: Well, because we also, the woman who was going to be our production manager at La Mama said, let's make a Zoom video. And Vivian Stoll, who was already working on the show, said she would do the music. So, we created. This piece which is almost done which is almost edited now by now and Vivian and me and Lois and Lois was working with Morgan Thorson who's a choreographer from Minneapolis and so we all just got very
4: excited and and made this piece go ahead (laughs) you you (laughs) You (laughs) could get a word in edgewise if you try well I was gonna ask
1: How this translated for you? Because you initially had this intention, this would be a live performance. And our lives have shifted so radically at this point because of the pandemic. Because so much of your work is about engaging with your communities and live theatrical performances, how did you find this experience of shifting that framework?
4: One of the things that happened was that I I shifted quite naturally into the Zoom frame. I I love technology and I love communicating electronically. So, And I was having to teach because we had to finish up our semester that way. And so I shifted quite naturally into it. And I began to think of the, and I noticed a lot of artists were struggling with making that translation. And I started to think of the new Zoom frame as the new proscenium arch, you know, the ways in which all over these like 18th and 19th century, we made work that was fit into that frame of the proscenium arch, I thought, okay, now we're gonna make work that fits into this frame. It was quite exciting, actually, to, that we, we were able to do that. Oops, our phone is ringing.
1: So you were talking though, Lois, about kind of looking at the Zoom box, you know, the frame as the, as a proscenium arch, using it in that kind of way. And I'm wondering if, as you were creating this work, you're in the lockdown, you were in London for months because of it and you weren't able to return to the USA to upstate New York but did the nature of your work also change in terms of the content or what you felt you needed to express
4: well I'm answering that but Peggy will, will well, chime I, in I'll just start it um, the reason
2: the show is called The Last Gasp is because I'm retired I just wanted to retire I didn't want to do the shows anymore every night and what happened to me is that, guess what? I wasn't anymore. <laughs> so I had all this time. But I also was doing the show on video, which meant once you did it, you didn't have to do it every night. It was like watching a movie. So once we recorded it, then you just play it back. You don't have to do it. So I just kind of really got into the movie thing as a, as thrilling. And also what we had most of, was time we had a lot of time to make a show which we've never had this much time before we had in the last few years we've gotten several residencies that gave us time and then all of a sudden here we were in in um, at the last phase of our show and we had time again time again. it was almost like the 70s again where we actually had I don't know, we could think and we could take walks and we could, you know, the the incredible people who gave us this house didn't charge us. We weren't paying for it. So we had uh, um, food delivered every week. We had food delivered. We had money for food. We had, So it was time that we actually got, and it was but very exciting.
4: Also, I think when you, you, you made the point that our work is... So often about the community, whether it was, you know, the lesbian community, you know, the feminist community, the community of elders, uh, and has been more and more so over the last few years. And I think what happened was because we could not interact with community and we couldn't create the work in order for that to be live with the community, we started to interact in in the first place with the architecture of the house. And as Peggy talked about how how she was in her last gasp, and that's, it was going to be her last show and we were talking about the last gasp of this climate and this planet and, you know, and, and politically um, w- we were in a, in a house that was also in its last gasp, you know, because we were the last inhabitants before this house would be completely gutted and turned into something completely different. So we, we sunk into the architecture, but we also then uh, sunk into the neighborhood and got to know the neighbors in a way that we don't often do and interacted with the neighbors and started to generate um, a sense of history of what that house had been and who had lived there and how they had lived there. So that the piece, which is called Last Gas, now sits a, uh, in a bigger piece that's part of our residency that we're conducting right now with La Mama. And the project, overarching project of that is called Sheltered in Place. And we're really looking at what does it mean to have time? What does it mean to stay home? What does home mean? What yes. Home and for- I
1: want to add that my experience, my experiences with you as artists, as creators, uh, has always been that you invite the site of where you are and the community with whom you're, let's say, interacting with to dialogue in some way to affect the work. And that's something that struck me over the decades, actually, that we've known each other. And I think back to the days of the Wow Theater Cafe and the East Village of New York City, where there's somehow inherent in so much of your work is some kind of invitation to the audience, to the participants who are the viewers, let's say. Whether it's an invitation to think about something, to respond, to join, to activate.
4: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I haven't thought about the word invitation, but that's absolutely true. And I think that's interesting because having moved out of this time of isolation where we were in this creative zone frame into now this residence uh and uh, for sheltered in place it is exactly that it's an invitation one of the things we're going to be doing is doing a podcast with some of the local elders in the lower east side east 4th street east 3rd street community and talk to them about what home means and what sheltering means and what place means Peggy's going to be doing a a painting project where she's going to uh, ask the residents to send them photographs of themselves in masks and she will exchange with them a painting of themselves in a mask. Uh, Lori Eastside, who is a, you know, a long time collaborator of ours uh, does a lot of really, really ethically sourced, beautiful uh, photographs of people living on the street. And so we're going to do a gallery showing of that. So, they're in this, we're building a house. We're bringing the house that we lived in, in London, and we're rebuilding it locally, um, ultimately in the, in the East Village, w- in relation to our work at La Mama. It will be a website, so it will be digitally accessed from all over. Well, oh, inter- that's great. Oh.
2: The interesting thing also is about our residency is that I live on 4th Street, Laura is on 3rd Street and La is in the middle between us. And because we're in residence at La Mama, we're already home. I mean, La has been our home for 30 years where we do our work, but we're already home in our actual, you know, apartments. And now um, our daughter lives in my building. Our grandson just got a, an apartment on 4th Street. So it is our, we're building our homes in, around La Mama and being in residence at the same time and interviewing all the people in the neighborhood that I've, that we've both known for the last 40 years. So it's a way of, it's a wonderful way of, um, rather than spreading out all over the world, it's a wonderful way of staying home.
4: I think that's the, and that is the, I think the result of the pandemic and, and our relationship to having been locked down is that we've turned our minds more locally you know, we're more, we were local in London, we're thinking locally in New York City, and we've been very local here in, in well, in Delaware County, in, in outside of Roscoe for us. We've really begun to develop our community here.
1: And can you share with us what you mean by that? Lois, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you create and generate the kind of work for the kind of way you want the world to be. And, and so I'm wondering now, how do you want the world to be? And <laughs> what's been, what's been happening in Delaware County and Sullivan County, New York, where you're based right now in Delaware at the edge of Sullivan County, just outside of Roscoe, New York and the Catskills, what you've been doing? If you can share with us how this connects to your, I wanted to say, the home of your work or the body of your work as we're talking about these themes?
2: Well, it feels to me like we've brought the feeling that we had in London back here with us, which was after living on this block and getting to know everyone in the neighborhood on Saturday, the egg man would come and deliver eggs. He'd bring them to the door. Um, We'd get our food delivered from John, the grocer. There was no, um, I don't know uh, it was so everyone was starting to rely on their neighbors. People would say, Does anyone have an apple or does anyone have a butter? I don't know. everyone was on whatsapp, and so the whole block became really, really friendly, and we started having you know parties outside on the block and all this stuff. It feels like we brought that back home with us, that feeling of make sure we order from the Organic Farm, Barry Brook Farm. know, that's where we get our vegetables right. from. Um,
4: and we, it's like, it, the thing, you know, I, I think it happened here, but the, there's um, like hundreds of mutual aid groups sprang up in response. And so there's a mutual aid group on our block. And so I think that was that sense of wanting, two things happened at once, I think. Uh, we came back with that that spirit of mutual aid like how might we generate that amongst our community in a more conscious way we do it anyway but how can we really reach out and and be more conscious about how we give aid in a mutual way um, but it happened at the same time when we came back at the beginning of the you know the beginning of the end of the election when we realized we had to do something we had to be involved we had to be active. And so L.A. Kaufman, you know, who is our very wonderful uh, county activist and organizer had suggested that we do some postcard writing for Reclaim the Vote. So we went over to her house one night to do that. And then I said, well, you know, we could host a party once a week on our side of the mountain and get our side of the mountain involved. And knowing in my head that not only would it be a way to get the work done, it would be a way to start strengthening our sense of community uh, amongst the people who often socialize together, but we don't work together. And so that idea was born and that's what we've been doing every Friday night for the last five Friday nights, this Friday night coming up to the sixth, we gather, we write postcards for reclaim the vote and other uh, organizations and we make wonderful dinners and we eat together and And we get closer we are much more intimate with each other
1: through doing that through through writing those postcards to get out the vote and you call this a postcard writing cafe
4: well part of my work or part of what i have brought to my work with peggy is Uh, trying to create uh, what I call protocols or formats for generating public discussion. And I've done a long table and I created and created something called a porch sitting. And right after um, Trump was elected, I realized we needed to gather, you know, that like almost like a wake, we needed to come together. And so I created this thing called care cafe, which was basically people sitting at small tables randomly and talking to each other and doing something, to, you know, coloring, pasting, cutting, writing, whatever. Um, so we we modeled this postcard writing on the care cafes that I, that I have done and I am still doing and will be doing as part of our residency at La Mama.
1: Can you define the word care as you envision it? as you created the Care Cafe and as you're now have been doing the Reclaim Our Vote postcard writing cafe?
4: Really good question. I mean, when I talk about the Care Cafe, I talk about that we walk into a room and sit under a roof of care. So we can define that in many ways. There are people there who are carers. That's their jobs or their profession or certainly their their vocation. Uh, We can care about society. Um, And we can care about issues Um, uh, and we can approach uh, a a particular kind of work. I think that we've tried to bring a sense of care into the way we make our work now because we're older, because we have to look after each other, because we have to pay attention to the things we need. In order to make that work, we have something we call our care package, which is like a rider that goes along with our contracts with, with venues to say we need to be there a day early. We can't rush this. We need this. We need proper lighting. We can't fall over things. And so it's it's basically attention, I think. And attention that's not the kind of attention that's being uh, sought after by the likes of Facebook and Google. It's proper attention that we have. It's one of our resources. And it's how we can be attentive to each other. And I thank
2: think you. it goes, oh, sorry.
4: Oh, I was just going to, thank you, Lois. Yes, Peggy. I
2: think it goes against the mood of the country before this pandemic, which was, oh, I work too hard. Oh, I have to, I have to, you know, I work 12 hours a day. I'm just so tired all the time. I just work, I work, I work, I work. And I think care is making sure that you don't just work. There is other ways to live that is not just using up all your time, you know, in a job and we're lucky we are very lucky people we've been uh, lucky our whole lives in split bushes and the fact that i think we've always cared about in our work we've always cared about women uh being the main focus of the shows and about um queer and about making sure that there's a place to perform i mean i think of us as a smaller ellen stewart i mean ellen stewart's main goal at umama was to give artists space to perform and our goal is to make sure that we do our own work
4: and i think also i mean to listening to you think talk it is intensely feminist i mean there's a whole theoretical basis of this called the ethics of care which is you know that care how we do it is just as important as wh- what we do, how we do is as important as what we do. And, and I think that we've always, as Peggy said, approached our work and approached our community with an, an ethics of care.
2: And food. <laughs> and
4: food. And food. Well, you know, I think
1: they
2: go together. Really? <laughs> they cannot be separated. Absolutely. They go together. And even yeah. when we used to talk with Deb Margon when we first started Split Bridges, we'd start a show by getting together and eating pasta and making food that has maintained itself over the years (laughs) is always, you got to eat.
1: Yes, always. I I agree with you. I wish I could share a trailer talk Brownie through the screen, Uh, (laughs) but I'm just wondering as we come to our conclusion with this conversation, I'm going back to, again, what you said, Lois, at the top of our conversation, how do you want the world to be as, is That's a vast question, but because you are now in the Catskills of New York and you've been bringing people together to reclaim the vote, you've been canvassing Lois in Pennsylvania, but Lois and Peggy, if you can take us out with this wish for our listeners of the kind of world that you want it to be.
2: Well, I think it it happens to be about the word sharing as well as caring. Like I said a minute ago, we're very lucky and we have, you know, space and time Um, and opening ourselves up again. By again, I mean, I think in the last 20 years, everyone's gotten very isolated in a way because of computers and Facebook and everything else. I think sharing our space up here, we have five acres. We've been sharing that more like we used to do in the seventies and eighties. And, and um, learning from Black Lives Matter uh, about how to, um, what, what is that word, reparations. Mm-hmm. And I remember being up here and one of my, my grandson is a boy of color. And I remember up here, one of my neighbors, when he was born, they said, oh, okay, I think maybe we should all tithe 10% of our money that we make and give it to him because he's a person of color and he has a different future than we all have. And we need to make up for the past. So I think a lot of the feelings that we have about sharing and caring is from the, the huge acknowledgement of Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's just, it's just so big that it, it almost smut. it's, it's almost like a, I think that's another part of the last gasp. It's almost not being able to breathe from the emotions of it all, from having to live, to live that way. So I think, you know, it all comes together. It's all come together to hopefully make a better uh, living, way of living that's not so fast and ridiculous.
4: And I mean, it's impossible, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it's impossible not to think about what you want the future to be without thinking about the word justice, you know, and if it's economic justice, if it's racial justice, if it's environmental justice, what is just. And I think that we have been so affronted by so many injustices, you know, probably throughout our lives, but certainly in the last four years, you know, that, that to to just do away with that that class injustice the the racist and you know racial injustice all oh, to do to get rid of that and come back on track to some kind of sense of preserving what we value in the world you know we value nature we value each other's lives we value we value the and and this is my most crucial one we value the potential in each individual and that's always been my thing and that's the bedrock of my feminism is that you know we all deserve a place at the table and we all deserve an opportunity to meet our greatest potential and and we need and we deserve the support and the reinforcements and the resources to do that and and I think that that's what I'm living for and fighting for and that's what our work has been about you know about using our imagination to imagine that change
2: That's why you're a teacher.
4: (laughs) Yes.
1: Thank you both so much.
4: I've been speaking
1: with Lois Weaver and Peggy Shaw. They are artists, activists, community engagers and (laughs) carers. And it's really been incredible to speak with you. So we'll have to do it again. (laughs) Yes, that's thank you very much. It's been it's been a real pleasure just to hang out with you. Thank you. To find out more about Peggy Shaw, and Lois Weaver, please visit split-britches.com. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patty Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank
5: you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels. Join the Trust for Public Land Saturday for a day of free, socially distanced outdoor events. Give your feedback on the design and layout of the brand new public park just outside downtown Calicoon on the banks of the Delaware River. TPL's Public Design Workshop and River Harvest Day at Calicoon Riverside Park, 36 Creamery Road, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. For more information, visit tpl.org slash give Calicoon. Paid for by the Trust for Public Land. Kamala Harris says Americans have been lied to.
6: The case against Donald Trump and Mike Pence is open and shut.
2: The vice president is eager to dispute that. My message to the Democrat candidate for vice president, congratulations. I'll see you in Salt Lake City. Join us Wednesday night for NPR's special live coverage of the 2020 vice presidential debate from NPR News.
0: Tonight at 9, right here on Radio Catskill, keeping you connected.
1: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, From the studios or on the streets please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week i'm sabrina i'm in liberty new york on the main street at lepo park it's saturday september 26th this is a, a voter drive there are tables here about filling out your census the young democrats are here are you registered to vote we have information an outreach happening. Sullivan 180 is here providing information, helping people sign up.
7: Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Metzger, and I'm the state senator for the 42nd District, which includes all of Sullivan County. And we're here in Liberty to get people registered to vote, to encourage people to fill out the census, which is absolutely so important to our communities and to really explain the different options for voting this year and people can vote early we have nine days before the election where they can vote in person early in Sullivan County it's at the Board of Elections you can vote absentee you can mail in your ballot if you're if you're not comfortable going to the polls and of course you can always vote on November 3rd so there are a lot of options to explain to people and uh, I have all of the information. I've collected all of the information because there's a lot, and really tried to simplify it. So if anyone has any questions about voting or just wants general information, they can go to JenMetzger.com/vote, and everything is there: polling hours, locations, everything you need.
1: Thank you so much, Senator Metzger.
8: Hi, my name is Haley. Um, I'm with the Sullivan County Young Democrats, and I'm here with Lisa.
0: Yeah, I'm also here with the Sullivan County Young Democrats. Um, basically, we're here to register people to vote. Um, we're trying to get like the Hispanic community, the black community, everyone that um, typically we've seen that Sullivan County has a very low percentage of voting rate, especially within like us. We're both Latina, so Latina community, the black community, very low percentage. So we want to get people out to vote, and we want to make sure that they're registered. We've got Spanish um, language applications for absentee ballots. We've got English application ballots, um, but yeah. Well, we want to make sure that we keep Jen Metzger in office. Um, she's been very, very active and we want to keep Antonio Delgado in office as well. Um, we're obviously here for the Democrats um, and obviously we want to get Trump out of office. But yeah, so that's our goal and making Sullivan County a blue county because last for the during the elections it was a red county which
8: it's kind of interesting because we have more democratic um, registered folks here who end up not voting and it's mostly the republicans who do end up voting so we really want to try to like uplift people's voices here we really want to have these forms and everything else be more accessible to people because not all people have computers or printers for themselves or even have the willingness to go to the government center to get it themselves so we want to be here for the people So that's exactly what we're doing.
9: Excuse me, everyone, My everybody for coming out. And thank you for wearing your masks and
10: uh, being socially distanced. I'm Barbara Blakey. I'm resident of Liberty and um, was very excited to be able to have this opportunity to work with the young Democrats to get people registered and with Sullivan 180 to get folks counted in the census. We're really fortunate to have three of our elected officials here, one by a representative. First, I'll begin with Acting DA Megan Galligan. Thank you. Hi, how are you? It's
11: really so nice to see all of you here. I think that my candidacy this year is interesting and dovetails with your mission in many ways. Not only is this the year that we celebrate women's suffrage, Yay. but I'm also the first woman to lead the DA's office in Sullivan
12: County. That's
11: way overdue. I'm also among the youngest leaders to have led a district attorney's office. So I'm fortunate that together we can, we can move forward in a much more progressive way
7: than maybe the community has known that we've been trying to do. Hi everyone, I'm Jen Metzger, uh, your state Woo! senator representing the 42nd district in all of Sullivan County, the only Woo! whole county in my district. It has been the greatest honor to serve you in my first term and I hope to continue to have the opportunity to do so. Yes. I ran for office because I believe that everyone should have the ability to realize their full potential. Every single person. And I grew up in a family that struggled and I had opportunities because I went to a great public school and I worked hard and I got a full financial aid package to college and got to do what I wanted to do in life. And every single person should have opportunities to realize what they want to do in life and too many people are struggling right now in our communities and and it shouldn't be that way we live in an incredible region that is so rich in human in just like the human creativity and ingenuity the incredible people that live here the incredible natural bounty the beautiful resources see there's so much here we've got all of the ingredients we've just got to put them together in the right way so that everyone can So that's why I ran to begin with and that's why I'm still running (laughs) this time around. It cannot be overstated how important the election is this year. And it's a trying time. We're in the midst of a pandemic. There's a lot of um, confusion over voting and what people's voting options are. And people actually have a lot of options. We passed laws to make it easier for people to vote in New York State because New York State had among the lowest voting turnouts in the country, if you can believe it. But thanks to a law we passed last year, we have early voting in New York State now. Take advantage of it. This is what I'm encouraging people to do in this election. It spreads out the crowds over 10 days of voting all right and it's a way to safely vote in sullivan county you can vote early at the board of elections beginning october 24th okay and if you're not comfortable going to the polls we've changed the laws to make it easier to vote by mail during the pandemic so Anyone who wants to can fill out an absentee ballot application. But if you're going to do that option, I encourage you to do it now, right now and get your ballot and, and, and mail it in, or you can vote in person. But the most important thing that everyone should do, and please spread the word to people to do this, is to make your voting plan. However you're going to vote. Make your voting plan now. If you're going to vote early, pick your day that you're going to vote. October Thursday, you know, um, October whatever that date is, and the time you're going to vote. I want to thank all of the organizations that are here today. I want to thank the Young Democrats of Sullivan County. The Youth yeah. Economic yeah. Group. By the way, the Youth Economic Group is an incredible organization. I wish existed everywhere. <laughs> I'm the proud owner of a number of their products, their t-shirts. My kids wear their shirts all the time. So, and also Sullivan 180, who we've been partnering together on, on the census. And I just wanna just quickly say, the census is absolutely so important. I know we're really talking about voting today, but the census is so important. It determines the resources that come to our communities. And I get a report monthly of all of the towns in my district there. I represent dozens and dozens of towns. And the ones that need the resources the most are the ones with the lowest numbers of being counted. So Liberty is a prime example. South Fallsburg, Monticello, okay? We need the resources in these communities so people have got to fill out the census. It's so important. And I will tell you, it's not just federal dollars. I use that census data in everything. When I'm fighting the utility companies, when I'm fighting for broadband access, when I'm fighting to get more aid to our school districts and to our libraries, I look at census data and I use that data to make my case. So it's really important to fill out that census, please. (laughs) So thank you all for being here. Thank you for your advocacy.
13: Hi all, my name is Leif. I'm the field organizer in Sullivan County with Delgado for Congress it's so awesome to be here i myself am born and raised in sullivan county so it's like a huge honor and so exciting to just like be around my people and in my home here um you know advocating for this stuff that we believe in you know to to help get the vote out this fall not a single one of us should wake up on november 4th and say if only i had done more if only i had gone out to the polls if only i had volunteered you know this is the time for all of us to make you know take an extra hour out of our day to jump in with Jen Metzger's campaign, with Delgado's campaign, with other local campaigns here, with Megan's campaign. Um and, and do everything we can to, to help bring this thing home in November. It's so 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 important. This is easily the most important election in the last century here. We all have an opportunity to get involved. So um, if you're interested in helping out with the Delgado campaign, come talk to me. I would love to bring you on to the team this fall. And it's, uh, it's so cool to see all of you here and be here today. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, everybody. I'm
1: returning to the Young
8: Democrats table.
0: Uh, so my name is Lisa Ponce, um, and I'm a member of the Young Democrats.
9: Hi, my name is Haley Flores. I'm here with the Sullivan County Young Dems. Hi, my name is Juanita Sarmiento, I'm here with Sullivan County Young Dems and also the Youth Economic Group. Hi, my name is Ashlyn, I'm also a member of the Young Democrats of Sullivan County and I'm a program
11: fellow
0: with Youth Economic Group. So I think one of the biggest things is just making sure that the people in our community are represented. There's a lot of people here that can't vote, um, whether they're not U.S. citizens or whatever. Um, And we wanna make sure that the people who can vote get out and vote to make sure that we get the resources that we need and we keep the people in office who actually care about our needs and our interests. Are you from here, Lisa? Yes, I went to high school in Liberty. Uh, I was born in Harris Hospital. So yep, born and raised in Sullivan County. And
1: Lisa, what's kept you here in Sullivan County?
0: Um, honestly, my family and um, trying to help out the area, basically. I grew up here knowing and seeing that like there's not a lot of resources for people, especially young kids, um, and so that's basically why I'm back.
8: So I'm Haley. Um, the main reason why I'm out here, you know, not only with like the young Dems, but mostly to represent people who, who left the area and came back to realize that there is an opportunity here to revitalize uh, the youth, to revitalize um, the connections people have. Just like pure humanity. Like that's really why I want to uh, be further involved in everyday uh, uh, political things in in our town. And you know, everything starts in small towns, like yes, the, the general elections are very important, but it's also very important to know who your local senator is, who your local like, congressman is, and who your rep- representatives are, because they're the ones who are really making the changes for you, and they can't make the changes without knowing who you are. So as long as I can try to get like people coming out here and getting to know everyone else, and really creating a community, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm doing this work. Are you from here? I am. I am originally from here. Um, I was born in Puerto Rico but I was pretty much raised here my entire life and I went away for a couple of years for college and I just came back realizing that, you know, this is who I am. This is what made me me and I'm pretty proud of that. So hopefully I can like bring that um, same self-pride to others by recognizing that this is not that bad of a place to live in. <laughs> and as
1: young people what would you say some of the most pressing issues are for you as people from sullivan county and or living here being a part of the community being activists in the community and very engaged
11: my name is ashlyn Um, i definitely think that it's important for us as young people to get the communication started a lot of us you know, are very focused on superficial things and our age and, you know, it's understandable, we're young, we wanna live our lives, but, you know, at some point we're gonna grow up, we're gonna be the leaders of our community and it's important for us to have that communication with our elders who know much more about it and getting involved. It's super important uh, to get even uh, younger people that are under the age of 18 to get involved because, you know, they should be more knowledgeable about what's happening in their community and what's happening in the state and the world. And that's why Youth Economic Group is so great. It's because they're working with a lot of social justice issues and more grassroots like projects. And it's a pretty incredible thing to see a lot of people working together, especially with the Jen Metzger. She has quite a lot of their products, apparently, which is great to hear. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's great trying to reach out and do more for the community and for ourselves. And that's why I think it's important for me and my peers.
1: And, yeah. Ashlyn, what do you want to see? What What for you right now is the most urgent issues
11: so i would really like people to get more involved in voting process whether or not you know it's how i feel is what's important as long as people are putting their opinion out there whatever happens is going to be what the, the the majority of the community needs and what we feel is important to us but you know unfortunately even those who have more progressive like views they they don't believe in the voting system which is Understandable, you know, we have a lot of problems with the government and I I get that, but I I think what's most important, which is why the young Democrats have um, been out and about handing applications and, you know, uh, absentee ballots is because it's very important for us locally to do something like that, getting people involved. You know, a lot of times they feel that uh, the city, like controls a lot of the, the voting population because they are the majority and that's understandable too. But if people didn't hear more, you know, that it would affect things. And, and at least, you know, the effort of knowing that you tried, I think is important for motivation and uh, for getting people uh, interested and, and doing more for themselves and the community. My name is Ashlyn Osnato. I'm part of the Young Democrats
9: and Yeg Youth Economic Group. Thank you, Ashlyn. Hi, my name is Juanita. I'm here today with the Young Dems. I'm also here with the Youth Economic Group. and. What I think like is really important right now is that we are more aware here in Sullivan County that we are a minority majority county, and we also are a Democratic majority county. Unfortunately, um, these two communities haven't been seen out voting; they're not seen out participating. But as we can see, um, the way the country is right now, our Minorities are not being treated nicely. They're not being treated fairly. And the only way we can get our voice out there is if we're out there picking our candidates and voting. We have to pick our candidates. We have to make sure that we are putting our voices forward because if we're not, you know, if we're letting organizations pick other candidates for us and then we're not happy, you know, like we don't really have a say, right? You can't have a say until you're actively involved. So the more we're out here, you know, finding strong members of our community, then the happier that we will be because we are going to be the people putting them forward, right? They're hearing our voices. They're coming from our community. And um, I think that's what's really important right now.
1: Thank you so much, Juanita.
9: Hi, my name is Ann Hart, I live in
12: Liberty and I'm the Secretary of the Sullivan County Democratic Committee. It's really important that everyone register and get out to vote and to fill out the census and that's why I'm here today to help with that. Um, The primary need for the census is that we have a very low turnout here in Liberty and we need to to make sure that in order to get the funding that our town needs, people fill out the census. It's very, very important. Um, Same thing with voting. People need to vote. It's an important year and people need to know that their vote matters, their vote counts, and they can make change by voting.
1: And Anne, let me ask you, why do you do what you do? You're very engaged in the community as an advocate, as an activist, and that takes a lot of time and energy. So could you share with us what, what it provides for you?
12: What it provides for me is the hope and the satisfaction that people will understand that their democracy belongs to them. If we don't understand that as a country, we're in deep trouble. And democracy is all about people like Vicky, who is on our village board here working every day to work for the village residents. It's about a person. Every person matters and every person counts. And that's why I do it.
1: Thank you, Ann. Speaking Thank with you, Anne
12: Sabrina. Hart. Hi, I'm Vicki Ferguson. I'm a
14: Village of Liberty trustee. It is a critical election. I think that... Why I think it's important to come out and vote this time is because I want representatives who understand the realities that we face as Americans every day in places like Sullivan County, and places like Liberty. And I want leaders, we deserve leaders, who care about our health and our jobs and our communities. And that's why I want the people I vote to to prioritize all of that.
1: What led you to run and to be an elected here in the Village of Liberty?
14: I believe civic involvement is very important on whatever level you want to do it. Everyone has a different comfort level, whether they want to come out and be at an event like this and help register people or help get people counted in the census or get elected, whatever that is. I think we all have a role and it's important to me. And that's why I chose to get involved in Liberty. I do want to say about the census, why it's so important to get counted is that in a community like ours, with such a low population,
3: Every household is, so
14: is a larger percentage of that population, so right? So one family in a giant city doesn't make as big of a difference as one family here in Liberty, New York. So, Vicki Ferguson,
6: Village of Liberty trustee. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Kathy Averman, um, and I live here in Liberty. So my whole life, really, I mean, from the time I was a teenager, and I saw my parents involved with civil rights, and... With, with um, working to do the right thing. I mean, it's always just been very important to me. And um, my dad's favorite poem was, you know, John Donne, "No man is an island," and that's how I feel, very strongly. That uh, you know, if we don't, if we don't take care of each other, if we don't work to make it a system that works for everybody, you know, then then what are we doing here? You know, it's not enough to just go to work every day, raise your kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. It really is a matter of deciding, you know, what's right for the for the better good for all and working for that. You know, we don't, if we don't have that cohesiveness as a society, we don't have, our whole society is spraying. It's like a cloth that's like raveling. And um, I want to try to stitch it together in whatever little way I can. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Be sure to vote. Fill out the census and vote. It's so important. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, Sabrina.
3: Hi, my name is Saray Gonzalez. I'm the uh, program director for Sullivan 180 and the um, census coordinator for the Complete Count Committee. Saray, so here you are on the main street in the village
1: of Liberty, New York, and you're at the census table. Share with us. You've been working very hard to get people to fill out their census, participate in it. So share with me some of your discoveries and why this is so
3: important. As we know, um, our self-response rates have been low for the county, so we're trying to visit each of the different communities with some of these pop-up events to spread awareness and to be available to help people uh, complete the 2020 census.
1: You're here with Sullivan 180, and you're here, as you say, as the lead for the census in the county. And what keeps you going? What
3: are the what are the priorities for you? What
1: have you personally discovered as a resident
3: here? Some of the priorities is just making sure that we're all counted. You know, we stand to lose we stand to lose so many, uh, so much. You know, as you as you know the uh, you know our funding, you know, the census funds. By completing the census, we'll receive funding for very important services, programs, um, for schools, for hospitals, for um, businesses, local businesses, for uh, transportation, um, main street revitalization. There's so much at stake. You know, me in particularly, um, I'm, I really want to make sure that the Hispanic Latino and Latinx communities are counted. Um, they're afraid. They're fearful, and so I'm here as a representative. I'm Puerto Rican, and I'm here to uh, represent this community and help bring awareness and so that they understand that it is safe um, and that it's easy and that it's very important. Thank you so much. Thank you,
1: Dara Smith. Dara, here we are in lapote Park on the main street of Liberty,
10: New York. So please share why you're here, how you're involved. I have been a Liberty resident for most of my life. Um, I'm part of the Neighbors to Neighbors group, um, an impromptu gathering of people that had an interest in getting the vote out for this uh, year's election. And we devised some ways in which we could do that. And one was uh, creating a postcard mailing to go out to people that uh, we had information on that were um, registered vote- to vote but hadn't voted. So we sent those out and we gathered our information and did calling to the people to follow up those postcards. And then Barbara Blakey at our last meeting said, let's do something exciting, like have a rally. And everyone jumped on that idea. And that's why we're here today in LaPolette Park. And
1: it's a beautiful fall day. The leaves are turning rapidly. A lot of reds and oranges at this point. So Derry, you mentioned... The priority about voting. So what are your concerns and why do you feel that it's so important now more than ever that people turn out to vote?
10: Well, um, I'm sure everyone is aware of what's going on in our um, election arena this year. Things are very volatile. Um, There's a lot at stake. Uh, Of course, there's a Supreme Court appointment that's forthcoming. Um, I don't know that there's anything that we could do about that, but by... Winning in a national election, uh, we can ensure, if we take the Senate and the presidential position and maintain the House, we can ensure progressive legislative agenda for the future and perhaps protect the Supreme Court from going even further to the right, which is, you know, crucial for a lot of the things that we believe in.
1: And would you say that the pandemic has shaped some of how you're feeling around this voter engagement that you're involved in locally, in your small-town community here in Liberty, New York. How
10: has that impacted you? The coronavirus pandemic has affected a lot of people. Uh, Negatively, people are afraid to go out, and I think people uh, might be afraid to go out to the polls. So the change in the rules that the state uh, of New York government passed so that there's early voting and vote by mail is a uh, a way for people to ensure that they can vote and feel safe. Um, I think a lot of misinformation is out there about the pandemic and, you know, the wearing of masks or not wearing masks. And then it becomes a political hot potato, so to speak. And people are at odds over it. I just want people to be safe and be able to exercise their right to vote. The pandemic has changed everyday life for myself and everyone that i know really i mean i I haven't seen my my family my parents since this all started um i haven't had we haven't had a family gathering in many many months i mean we talk on the phone but the reality is is that you know who wants to be the person to get their parents sick and perhaps cause them to die so you know that's changed life you know just going out to the store you know run an errand going to the post office um you have to plan in advance do i have my mask Do I have gloves if I'm wearing gloves? Do I have my hand sanitizer with me so I can hand sanitize my hands before I get back in my car and touch my steering wheel? I mean, there's so many things that you have to think about. I self-quarantined because my significant other was actually on official quarantine for two weeks because he was exposed. So, I mean, you just never know where it could turn up. And and you don't know until you get it how you will react to it as an individual. Do you feel that it's more urgent now. Yes, and I think people in general have a, maybe are more cautious and talking to strangers. So I think it's incumbent upon neighbors to talk to neighbors and keep that connection. Um, People trust their neighbors. It's like, you know, if I went to my, my neighbor's house, knocked on the door and said, hey, how's it going? So listen, have you registered to vote? They wouldn't slam the door in my face. I mean, they might say, why are you asking me that question? But it wouldn't be automatic. You know, shut the door. So, I think that's why it's really important that people get out and, and talk to other people and stay in touch and communicate. It's really important to keep the door of communication open.
1: Thank you, Dara. Anything else? No, that's it. It's a wonderful day. Thank you uh, for your time. You're welcome. I've been speaking with Dara Smith, and we are here on the main street of Liberty, New York, in Sullivan County. People are packing up their tables. This was a voter outreach event. The young Dems were here. Senator Jen Metzger, representative from Congressman Delgado. Uh, who else was here? Who am I forgetting? Um,
10: Megan Galligan, the uh, district attorney.
1: District, the DA. And uh, we had the Youth Economic Justice Group, YEG, uh, on this Sullivan 180. Yes, here in Liberty, New York, I'm Sabrina Artel with Trailer Talk. Thank you so much for listening. It is Saturday, September 26th. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time and resources and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels. Coming up next is the Retro Cocktail Hour, followed by NPR coverage of the vice presidential debate at 9 o'clock.
5: Support comes from the Women's Health Center in Homesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania physicians and certified midwives who deliver the women's health center is a wayne memorial community health center wmh.org support for wjff radio catskill comes from the river reporter newspaper in narrowsburg new york RiverReporter.com, and from listener donations at wjffradio.org the gloves are off between president trump and joe biden will their running
7: mates pick up where they left off
6: fighting for the soul of our nation. It's about fighting for working people. It's about fighting for health care, fighting for good union jobs.
8: Four more years means more jobs. Four more years means more judges.
6: Four
2: more years means more support for our troops. Live coverage of the 2020 vice
0: presidential debate Wednesday night for